Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Hello and welcome to Manx Radio Countryside's podcast with Kiri Kermud and Simon Clark. And you've been up the hills in the north of the Isle of Man scratching. I certainly have. I went along to the Glenolden Beaters Day shoot and what a great day that was to see them dogs working and scurrying around in the bracken in the gorse. It was just fascinating. And I suppose it's one of them things that um, it's been going since the, the beginning of the, the Lords of the Manors and things like that. And this, not quite so many hoity-toities would be in that one there, but it's nice that it's it's still going, isn't it? Because it gives the people a run out to keep these traditions going and and the dogs who love it and train so well. Oh, yeah, they were just brilliant. But it was a good day. It was attended by a good few people and it was fun had by all. Yeah, and the weather? Miserable. <laughs> Raining. <laughs> but it didn't dampen the spirits. No, and it certainly, there's no dampen of the spirits of the Friends of the Queen's Pier in Ramsey as well. Um, over 20 years they've been uh, fighting to get that pier re- reinstated and fixed up and safe for people to walk out again to the end of it and enjoy the beautiful views of Ramsey. And of course, uh, Michael Tramatana, he's been one of the instigators from the start of this and uh, he's one of the people that's managed to get it as far as he has so far. And uh, I caught up with him for a chat to find out, you know, what, what the situation is at the moment and some interesting news from that to listen to as well. Oh, certainly. And also I catch up with Andrea Warrelow from the Riding for the Disabled to see what a wonderful job and opportunity they're giving the Manx children in the special units. And they are, they've gone from strength to strength to place now of their new facilities in the Gilka in Andreas. And uh, what a great shed they've got built there for them. It's just fab- fantastic. Yeah, you can hear all of that in detail right now here on Countryside. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. <laughs> Well, Kerry, the other week uh, you were out with the Bloodhounds, a good old country event that's uh, been going many, many years now, and you were out this time at an event up the north. Yes, I went up the north to Glen Olden to to their annual Beater's Day shoot, and I caught up with some of the people involved with the pheasant rearing and the dogs. Gareth Hussein-Owen, it's a very special day here at Glen Alden at the annual shoot. Absolutely, it's uh, Beaters Day, so it's the day that all of the beaters and pickers up that work for the gamekeeper look forward to because it's our reward for working hard throughout the season. And the season, is it a long season? Uh, it's generally from sort of, uh, October the 1st to January 31st, it's the season for pheasant and so that's that's how long it is there's various shoot days throughout that so the gamekeeper will bring the the pheasants in particular in from the uk as as day old chicks is it yeah they bring in to to help to rear and to actually add to the the already existing stock here so obviously there's birds that have been here for, for a number of years but those need to be replenished and added to obviously it's, it's a great day for, for all the guns to have a shot but i've been watching here today some are very accurate but some they couldn't hit a barn door <laughs> Yeah, there's uh, there's all sorts of different levels of shot. Obviously, everyone has to be has a safety factor. Always takes a, a clean shot, but some can hit and some can't. It's just the nature of the the way it is. But here at Glen Alden, it is very well kept. It you know the woodland is is well looked after, and and the birds are exceptionally looking well. Absolutely, it's the the gamekeeper's job to manage the land, to manicure the land, to keep everything going. It's not just the the actual pheasants and the partridge and the duck that actually benefit from that. There's songbirds, the, there's ground nesting birds, there's 
hen harriers, there's buzzards all over the glen and it's actually thriving throughout the year because of the work that the gamekeeper Terry does throughout the season and the, and the rest of the year. And Terry will feed these birds all year round whereas a lot of shoots will stop after the, the season is finished. Yeah, so basically I mean Terry will be up probably two, three times a day making sure that uh, the fences are up, that the feeders are full, that the birds are okay, that there's, there's nothing disturbing them so he's, he's, a, he's a dedicated dedicated man. And here today also Gareth is, is a number of dogs mostly spaniels and labradors but it is absolutely fascinating to see them in their working capacity. Absolutely, it's what they're bred for, it's what they're trained for You know, my myself I've got a spaniel and a, a labrador, the labrador's a little bit more ruly than the, than the spaniel but it's amazing to watch the dogs actually working with their owners and their handlers to you know to pick the birds to actually as the main job of a, of a dog is either to beat the birds out but also is to make sure that any birds that are pricked or wounded are actually found so that they don't suffer. And today is, is quite a damp, miserable day. Does it make a difference for the flight of the birds? It does. You know, wet, wind, they're all factors. Wet, generally they sort of go to cover so they're harder to get out and they, they don't really want to fly high in the uh, in rain. Wind, big factor because that speeds everything up so it makes it more of a sporting challenge. Amelia, you have the main job, rearing the baby chicks and then sending them off to the Isle of Man. Yes, I do. So we hatch them out at our place we them to about six weeks old and then they we bring them across to the Isle of Man where they're released out into the wild into the here wild at Glen Alden. Yeah. And what is it like for you to come back on shoot day? This is a, a more of a, a beater's day, a more fun day, to see your birds flying high. Yeah, so we've come back over. Uh, we've been looking forward to it all season, really. We've been telling everyone about it because it's you know one of the best shoots we've actually been on this year. So birds release it's good to see them fit and healthy back out where yeah. they belong doing what they do best really yeah. getting... and are they genetically bred for you know today they, they were flying very very high up across the gullies and the valleys is it genetics that you've made these birds like this partly and partly not we use um, obviously wild strains of birds to you know keep the strain going and then obviously terry puts them out here where they really flourish into yeah. that environment and they really get to the best that they can be here is it something to see a bird one year and then it can survive and out outrun the guns most years is this something like the wild streak coming out in them yeah it is it's something that you don't really you can't put into something it just comes out with the best uh, environment that they're in really mandy you're here today for beaters day with two of your spaniels I am, yeah, I am. I've got two of them, one uh, Radar, the other one Conquer. One's six years old, the other one's four. And are they enjoying their day out? Oh, they love it. It's the best days of their year. They absolutely love coming. This is their job. This is what they're bred for. And it's the biggest parties for them. So they really love it. But people that take them on as pets, it must be an absolute nightmare. Well, I've done it myself and this is how I got into this. I had one 15 years and he was a little nuisance and I did want another spaniel because they're the most affectionate dogs but he had to be trained to do something and had to have a job they really need one so yeah <laughs> so you took them to dog obedience class or did you work it yourself bit of a combination i got in touch with alman gun dog club which is not here anymore and I, I got a couple of good books and and then as time went on i met quite a lot of few people and they helped me along the way so that's how i started and yeah it's been a few years now so don't need to do that anymore so and they're very obedient to the whistle you only have to peep that whistle only slightly and they are to your heel again they're reasonably well made they're always perfect spaniels never perfect they do say labradors are born half trained spaniels die half trained <laughs> <laughs> and that is quite true <laughs> but you've brought your labrador here also today but he's only a puppy yet yeah he's only just over well he's coming up two now he's he has had a few days doing the picking up 
and he's really enjoyed it. He's been really well behaved for me, so I've had no no worries or hassle like out of him, so he's a good young dog. Today it's obviously for the beaters, it's a fun day out. Compared to the rest of the season, is it quite intense? Well, it is more relaxed today. People are just having their day out. They've worked all year for this and uh, they're enjoying themselves. When the normal guns are here, it's a slightly different, more serious kind of day. And you know they pay a lot of money, the guns, and we do a job, provide a service. And your dogs, they will retrieve the birds that have fallen into the bracken and the briars and such. Like, How does it affect them? Do they notice or does it put them off going in the bushes? Oh, no. <laughs> they live to get into, into all the bushes and rabble about. That's what a spaniel loves to do. You know, they like to be in the thick of it and all the action, water, rivers. So, no, they're not put off by it at all. And they will carry the bird back to yourself? Yeah, they always carry back to usually the owner nearly every time some of them will have a little take off with them but on the whole no they're very good and they'll come back with their bird or with their retrieve and they've got a great sense of smell you know they'll they'll spot this bird out maybe 100 meters away from where it was shot yes yeah, spaniels don't tend to see the see the same way they, they're all nose to the ground and they they pick a scent really quickly the labradors they tend to look a little bit more you know but they are sat beside you normally and they're sent for the bird so they still sometimes have to work hard for it. It might go outside, but they're in an area. They know the area where a spaniel will sweep around and, and find birds that are, are lay there. They use their nose more. And for the rest of the year, this is the season finished now. What will you do to keep them active? Because you know they need a lot of exercise. Oh, they do. I mean, they will have like this. We'll call it it's like a summer holidays. Still try and keep up with a bit of training. Try and keep them reasonably fit. So a lot of the summertime you do like tests, you can do tests or you can work with dummies, the canvas dummies. It just entertains them for that time. Yeah, plenty of messing around in the water. And, yeah. <laughs> and gets you out in the countryside as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. They, oh, it's great to be outside and, and yeah, get the wind in your sails. That was Gareth Houston-Owen, Amelia Trelfall and Mandy Kermode. One of them events, again, Kiri, which it's, it's been going hundreds and hundreds of years isn't it from the from the lord of the manors who had a bit of land with the woodlands and things like that and i suppose used to be a bit of a jolly for the boys but now all seems to have been took out that it's it's exercise for the people involved you know because they're walking in bits where they wouldn't normally be walking i suppose and the dogs you know great and the the dogs are so wonderfully trained aren't they magnificent listening to to how how they respect what the dogs can do isn't it well, this is it, and the, and the dogs are, are so well-trained, and just one whistle, one command, and they do exactly as they're asked. But to see those dogs in their working capacity is, is incredible, because you, you often see them in the street as a pet, but to see them actually hunting and, and doing their their job is... natural job, isn't it? Lovely. You, know, they, yeah. <laughs> you never get that out of a sheepdog, <laughs> no, one whistle and they're going to do as they're told. <laughs> never. Not a chance. <laughs> Well, the Queen's Pier Kiri, have you ever been on that? Or was it closed? It was closed, yeah. Oh. Been up to the gates a few times, but uh, it would Wouldn't fine. let you in. <laughs> no, it would be a fine sight in its day, I would have thought. Yeah, well, I've been lucky enough um, to be uh, when, when the little train was going out to the end, where the cafe was on the end and stuff like that. And I sort of remember we used to walk on it occasionally as well. Uh, wow. I was very young, of course, in of them course. days. But for many, many years, uh, the friends of the Queen's Pier have been, you know, hounding really in a way to try and get some backing to restore that wonderful pier to 
to get it back into some sort of use again, you know, Michael Tramontana, he's been one of the founding members, I think, over 20 years with the Friends of the Queen's Peer Group. I went along to have a chat with him to find out uh, how things are going uh, in respect of getting a full restoration for the pier. Well, the Queen's Pier is now on a very sort of... Uh different stage we are at the stage where we have two societies both with the same aim of uh, restoring the pier the new society which is called the queen's pier restoration trust in the last couple of years they have made a tremendous progress so much so that now we have a situation where people don't know which to support and because uh, Tom Durant, who has been the leading lights in that, is done so well, and because I believe in him tremendously and I give him my 100% support, I come to the conclusion with my committee that the Friends of the Quinsipia should more or less merge with the Restoration Trust so that people can see that we have one aim and not being two separate society pulling in different directions. So because the restoration fund aim is to restore the pier through the donation of money from people local and away and from other sources, whilst the aim of the French de Queen's Pier was to put pressure on government, because those two things are now a change, it's logical that we, the French de Queen's Pier, should move out and give all the support to the Restoration Trust. And so, as soon as the Restoration Trust gets the lease, the five years lease, because this is very, very important, they need the lease in order to start the process of restoring the pier. So I urge the government to get on with it, because after 22 years, People have been waiting and waiting, and now we are prepared to do it ourselves. All we need is the blessing of the government, and off we go. So I've been told that March is the time when uh, the government will give the lease, five years lease. The moment they get the lease, work should start, and people, like myself, will give 100% support to the Queen's Pier Restoration Trust, we give them support with our hands and our pockets so that gradually the spear can go back to its beautiful era and we, the people of the Isle of Man, all can get pride and pleasure in its uh, refurbishment of it. It must be fairly frustrating as an artist who's painted many pictures of it uh, in your lifetime. It would be nice to paint a picture of it half restored or fully restored yes m more than that i think the pier is such an intrigued uh, structure it's a, such a wonderful structure that is so big and so important that i always felt that it's almost criminal not to repair something of such importance and just let it rot away knowing very well that the moment it, it rots away it will cost us more than actually doing it up. So it doesn't make any sense. And the pleasure that that pier and the pride that can give to every single uh, member of our island and people who come from across, because I know for sure that that was going to happen, 
I just can't wait to see the beginning of this work. And I'm sure everybody will do what they can to support it. It's really, really important for the Aloman future in the tourist trade. It will be a really big catch for us. When you look back, though, 20 odd years uh, you've been involved in this, Michael, and if you hadn't have set up the Friends of the Queen's Pier, it probably would have been gone. Well, that was the reason why we set it up. We set it up because the government at that time had made up their mind that they were going to take it away. So we formed this, this Friends of the Queen's Pier to protect the pier and to also put pressure on the government. And we achieved many, many stages over these 20 years. The first one was to become a listed building. And really, the government is sure never put their feet up and do nothing. Eventually, they spend £1,750,000 to actually make sure it doesn't fall into bits and hurt somebody and become... Liability. Liability. But if the government and the people were in government years ago, had that division, it would have cost half the 1.7 million and we would have enjoyed it for the last 10, 15 years. So again, the longer you live, anything, whether it's your house, roof or anything, the longer you live, if you're going to do it, it's better to do now than keep waiting and increase the cost and the people, the pride of having such a wonderful building restored. You're no stranger to the Isle of Man now, Michaela, right? Well, <laughs> I am very proud to, to uh, come to the island and spend 50 years. I've got two beautiful children. I have a Manx wife. I have six lovely grandchildren. And I'm very grateful that I have managed to be able to have even the opportunity to help in whatever way I have done to actually help the, the peer. And other things, I love all the Isle of Man, from north to south, from east to west. There is nothing that I would love to see gone. Mm-hmm. If anything, I want everything done because the Isle of Man need all the tourist attraction possible because we're a small island and one of the income making, it's tourist trade. That will be forever. For me, the most important thing in Yellow Man is tourist trade, fishing industry, and the farmers. If you don't look after these three things, it's like your bread and butter. Yes, we have the financial sector. Yes, they've done so marvelous for us. But all it takes is a change of law, and that great income could disappear overnight. Instead, if we look after our fishing industry, our farming industry, and our tourist industry, they will always, always pay back. Michael Tramontana there from the Friends of the Queen's Pier. And uh, I suppose some interesting news there uh, that he was telling us and some sad news in some ways. But like, as, as Michael said, he, they want it to be focused on one particular area so people know where it's going now. They've done their job um keeping it in the news and, and getting some uh, government backing and things behind it and, and some other backing, outside backing. And now it's left to the hands of the people now who can hopefully get everything behind it and, and get the pier structurally safe. Uh, because when you get out to the end of that and look back towards Ramsey Bay, it really is a, a wonderful sight. So you may get to see it in a few years' time. Oh, we and well. Oh, unless, you can buy, unless you buy a boat and head out <laughs> to the top, they can always see it from there. <laughs> 
Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, I went along to see Andrea Warrillow from the Riding for Disabled. It has been over 40 years here on the Isle of Man and recently they've taken a move to a new facility and I got to have a look around. We've moved to the Gilka farm and Andreas. We were previously in Kirk Michael but the property where we were, were working is up for sale so we had felt we had to find somewhere else and we've moved up to Rose Crellins at the Gilka and we're loving every minute of it. But you've had some very generous support as well in providing some of the facilities within the building. We certainly did, yes. The company DLP very kindly provided us with a, a beautiful new fitted kitchen for our um, club room. Wooden Spoon and Goff Ritchie also helped out with wonderful donations or grants for equipment which... Yeah has really helped us along. You run classes on a Tuesday afternoon for children from all the different schools on the Isle of Man. We do all day on a Tuesday, actually. it's um, We have schools, as you say, coming from all over the island, bringing children to ride with us, and it's wonderful. But you see a lot of physical and emotional benefits from the connection these children have with the horses. Yes, it's not something that's easy to describe, but there's so many small benefits that we see, as well as some quite big steps that some of the children take. One of the ones that's really obvious to me is that a lot of these children have never had any control over their lives because of their conditions. They're probably not left alone very much. They maybe can't go out on their bike like like other children, things like that, whereas suddenly they're sitting on a pony and they learn that they can actually control where the pony goes. They can stop it. They can make it go. To me, that seems quite quite a big step for any child. Um, Also, we find it... Teachers have told us that it really helps often with things like communication for the children. They they maybe start using words in the excitement of of enjoying riding (laughs) where they've maybe been fairly non-verbal before. We're not talking major steps here, but we're talking very definite positive benefits towards the child's life skills yeah and will the children make a bond with the pony that they get to ride on the on the tuesday often they do yes um we've had little cards sent to um, i love my pony and i'm looking forward to riding my my pony next week so yes they definitely do some of the children especially the little girls i think (laughs) um really really do get an emotional involvement with the ponies Unfortunately, they, they're only there for their ride and then they go away. They don't get to spend hours grooming or anything, <laughs> um, which is what I remember doing as a child. <laughs> Your instructors, you know, they're regularly checked and trained by the, the national RDA. Yes, yes, RDA National um, has quite a, a structured process for training. And as instructors, we get assessed at least every couple of years, it may be every year. And as, as you know, new people come in wanting to train as instructors, they, they get training and assessment from RDA National. So though we're a Manx charity, we have strong affiliations to the, to the National RDA, which, which helps us with administration and all sorts of things. How do you come about uh, getting the ponies bomb-proof? Because they can be quite unpredictable, some of these animals. Luckily, Rose's ponies are very good. Um, I'm sure it's not luck. I'm sure it's down to her skills and training. She has a really good set of ponies that we're able to use on a Tuesday and hopefully now maybe even more than the Tuesday. They're just a, a really great group of ponies. They put up yeah. with more or less anything uh, <laughs> with very little fuss and 
we really feel that we can we can trust them as much as you could ever trust any animal so yeah. that's really good and you're looking to do a friday evening in your new facilities now yeah that's our, our next big step really we're trying to for maybe for children who are in mainstream education rather than coming from the special units in schools and maybe their parents wouldn't want them to miss out on mainstream schooling to come riding or maybe there's adults out there who would really like to ride people that wouldn't want to or couldn't come within a school day we're hoping that we'll have two or three sessions on a Friday evening that we can offer riding to people who haven't been able to come in the past obviously for that we're going to need a whole new set of volunteers and again we're hoping that people who would love to help with RDA but can't do it during the day may well like to get involved in an evening session so that's hopefully something that may appeal to people. They don't necessarily have to come and do anything with the horses. You're always looking for people to help with the admin as well. We'd be very glad to have a couple of people, maybe even someone who's disabled themselves who wishes they could help with RDA but is physically unable. Maybe someone who could design some posters, something like that. Just, you know, whatever people could offer, we'd be very grateful. (laughs) Because it is a very rewarding association to be involved in. It's something that if it gets you, it gets you. I I mean, I can't imagine not doing it now. I've, I've always been around horses but seeing the relationship between a child who maybe has no verbal skills or seeing how they relate to an animal how they can the enthusiasm for the riding maybe even starts them along the the path of beginning to become more verbal they're only ever baby steps but they're baby steps so much in the right direction I'm not saying RDA is going to cure anybody I'm not saying RDA is going to suddenly make someone who's non-verbal verbal but we do see really positive benefits from these children riding regardless of what their disability is. With it being a charity a lot of the funds that are raised for it stay local stay on the Isle of Man. Everything we raise on the Isle of Man is for riding for the disabled on the Isle of Man we don't send any funds back to National RDA what we raise here is for Manx people effectively you've got a couple of um, events coming up to do just that yeah probably the the nearest one that we've got coming up is a coffee morning on february the 11th and it's at ramsey town hall from 10 a.m to 12 noon it's basically a chance for people maybe who are interested in finding out what we do or even interested in volunteering to come and have a chat see that we're not all five-headed monsters <laughs> and you know just come and help us raise a bit of money um, it, we're charging two pounds for entry but that includes a drink and a big nice piece of homemade cake oh so, lovely and there'll be a raffle and bric-a-brac as well so it should be a good morning also with the use of social media facebook i imagine you know people will can take an interest and have a look at your page that way as well yeah we're again not ever so good on the computer work <laughs> so that's possibly another thing people can volunteer to do for us we have a very basic Isle of Man riding for the disabled page certainly from that people can message us if they're interested in helping or interested in finding out if if they can ride or if their child could ride with us um anyone can message there and we'll try and get back to you really quickly also got a phone number if people aren't like some of us aren't computer literate you can always ring our organizer Priscilla on 843-539 and she would obviously be able to talk to you about whatever it is you want to know. That was Andrea Warrillow from the Riding for the Disabled. Plenty of room for the old horses in that building though, isn't there? And it's oh. fantastic that people have took the time and the effort and put in the work to support this, isn't it? Because I've got a nephew who's quite severely um, handicapped in, in certain ways, but the horse riding 
absolutely loved it. You know, yeah. it was one of them things that looked forward to every week, you know, and, and did it. And it, it's just such a pleasurable thing for them, isn't it? They sort of make a, some sort of bond, don't this they? This is true. This is it. And like Andrea says, they, they mm. switch off, they, they create the bond with the horse and the smiles and the enjoyment they get from it. And some of the sessions can be in complete silence. And whereas a child can be very noisy on every day, but in there they know that we need to be quiet around the ponies and they just ducks to water. They're absolutely brilliant at it. And it's, I suppose, picking the right horses and training them in the right way to, yeah. you know, to to allow any type of rider on them, aren't they? They're very, very flexible in a way. That's right. The horses are picked particularly for their temperament. And and some of these children are really, really working through their stages and improving as a horse rider. Uh, did you get your leg up while you were there? No, I didn't. No? But they've got a, a magnificent lift to get the children onto the ponies as well. It's yeah. just superb. Everything catered for, isn't it? Yeah. So, good. That's uh, a wonderful facility uh, to the Isle of Man and hats off to everyone involved in that. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. There we are. That's this week's Countryside. Put to bed with the straw off the farm sheds <laughs> and the horses bedding as well. Uh, good one that, about the, the riding for the disabled, isn't it? That's wonderful news there. And that um, piece about the, the special lifts now, because it takes all the, the stress and worry, I suppose. It must oh, be a worrying it. job, even watching it. Oh, certainly. Yeah. But uh, the children have such a great connection with these ponies and, and having volunteers that come week in, week out to give the chance of a ride around in such a great facility and, yeah, so rewarding. I know. You just think that people could be doing something better with their time. <laughs> Some people, anyway. Yeah. Um, and, well, yeah, the Queen's Pier. Uh, interesting news there that uh, they're just trying to focus on one group now. You know, they, their shouting is done. Yeah. It's, it's hopefully it's on its way to going somewhere. And, uh, you know, let's just wait and see. Watch this space. Going. Yeah. So, all right, we'll leave it there for this week's Countryside. We'll be back next week with more. So until then, from me, Simon Clark. I'm me, Kerry Kermit. We'll see you then. Ta-da. Bye-bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being Shaw. Terms and conditions apply.